Shumrabyug. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the tiny room. Welcome back to On Shomra Byug. I am the Michael of Michael and Benjamin's podcast. And today I am joined by the man whose internet is a bit spotty. So this could be an interesting episode both to listen to and to edit. It's Benjamin J. Colopy. I plan on making your Easter Sunday a living hell, Michael, with a whole maze of stops, gaps, jumps and desyncs. Oh, very good. Benjamin, the listeners will have an absolutely smooth and beautiful listening experience if it takes me the amount of suffering equivalent to Jesus on the cross himself. (laughs) Nice. You know, I heard he sang a song when he was up there, Michael. Would you like to hear it? Uh, Yes. (gasps) The music for the podcast. We don't actually have anything. Ooh, was that was that a bit much, Ben? Did we go too far? Did we go too far this week? You you really think that's where we went too far? Yes, that's where we went too far. That's where we went too far. Benjamin, speaking of going too far, go on. Have you seen the film? This oh no, hold on, I've got a much better segue. Speaking of (laughs) speaking of saviors, Ben, have you seen the film which is going to be the Lord and Savior of the cinematic experience, Godzilla vs Kong? Uh, No, I haven't, Michael. Apparently, Ben, not only quite good, but also in the process of saving the cinematic experience. What does that mean, Michael? It's um, it's coming out in cinemas worldwide, and it has already made more than every blockbuster in 2020 combined. <laughs> it's not that hard, really. Isn't no, it? it's not that hard. <laughs> but it is, a, it is a thing. It's a thing that's happening, but it's a thing that's happening, and we haven't seen it yet. No, we haven't. No, we haven't. We've not had the opportunity yet, Michael, because we're still being good little boys and waiting for the bloody pandemic to pass. Yeah, but, we well, the whole country, also cinemas are uh, defunct in this country as we speak, Ben. But look, sure, look, it's on streaming and we'll see it before this time next week and we'll talk about it with the listeners. With the listeners. But Benjamin, mm. despite the fact that Godzilla vs. Kong is on streaming and we haven't seen it yet, is there anything that's on streaming that you have seen? Yes, Michael, buttery smooth. Um, you. Did you <laughs> like my uh, Did you like my segue about the savior of cinema and the savior of of Christianity? Yes, it's a little it's a little bit of a Jesus nod, isn't it? Yes, yes, that's what yeah, the joke very was. Good. Is is that to be the terminology we use for the entire episode today? I don't know. I think we might be treading a bit on on shaky ground if we if we hammer that home too much. Ah, well, we may as well, Michael. So I watched it over three days. I watched uh, The Irregulars <laughs> on Netflix. And uh, the first day I got through the first three episodes. The second day I got through four. And on the third day, Michael, I yes. rose again, yes. came downstairs and watched the last two episodes. Very good and very clever, Ben. Benjamin, what the heck are you talking about? What is The Irregulars when it's at home? So we gave this a little nod a couple of weeks ago, Michael, where we talked about uh, a strange thing that we saw that was coming up on Netflix, which was The Irregulars. And it's a, a reimagining, Michael, of Arthur Conan Doyle's classic Sherlock Holmes and Watson if they were in a big occult London, a big spooky London boy. Is, is this the one with Millie Bobby Brown? No, it's not. That's Enola Holmes, Michael. Right. Yes. This one focuses far more on the Irregulars, the Baker Street Irregulars, Michael, who are the little ragamuffin children of the original Arthur Conan Doyle tales and they're kind of like his little network of spies that gather mm. information. Num, 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 num. And what goes on then? What goes on? And what goes on here, Michael, is we've got a, it, it's your classic. Oh, no. Somebody's torn a hole in the fabric of reality. And now mystery, classic. unexplainable stuff is pouring out. We've got to find the rip. Yeah. Um, it's called the rip in this one, Michael. The rip. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, and it's about it's about a, a group of pals, mm-hmm. a group of pals, Michael, who who, despite what the world throws in, they've got each other. Ah, Very good. They've got each other. Benjamin. Yeah. That's what my doctor said to me when I kept finding blood in my underpants. It's a group of pals that keep pulling together. No, we've got to find the rip. <laughs> oh, oh. Are you actually okay, though? You right? No, no, I have an anal fissure. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the group of pals, they're pulling together. Jesus Christ. Um, they're pulling together. They might have anal fissures. They live in very poor conditions. Um, mm. And it, it's kind of a very grim reimagining. So in this, Michael, um, John Watson and Sherlock Holmes are, are no good. Oh, um, the baddies. They're, no, but they're a couple of self-involved dickheads that don't really care about other people, which I mean, oh. fair. Um, yeah, that's true. But John Watson is a kind of... Ben. Yes. 
Do they have a podcast? (laughs) Hello, and welcome to The Rip with me, Sherlock Holmes, and my faithful companion, John Watson. You're not Sherlock Holmes. I'm Sherlock Holmes. Oh, yeah, You're Watson. But you're the man who can get shit done. Like, you're the big, rough, and tough guy. Yeah, I'm also... Yeah, I'm also the smart one. I want all the good stuff. <laughs> and you're the side. Fuck, what are we doing? Focus, let's focus up here, Ben. The Baker Street Irregulars, they're no use. They're no good. The Baker Street Irregulars are no use. They're no, they're no, the Baker Street Irregulars are okay. It's Sherlock and Watson that aren't. But anyway, what's happening is, is a kind of a monster of the week show, Michael, um, where the, the, the rip takes the place of God in, in London. And if you pray, yeah. um, the rip answers your prayer. Ooh. So... For example, um, one of the things is that a, a woman's husband is very ill and she prays for the power to save him. So she's kind of given occult powers to steal body parts and stuff like this. Very, very grim stuff, Michael. Very mm. grim stuff. Uh, another woman, uh, her parents hung themselves and she worked in a dentist's office with her parents. And she's given the power to kind of uh, grow clones out of people's teeth to assassinate Ugh. a duke. It's Oh, there's a lot going on, Michael. It's real body horror stuff in places. Um, we get to see people growing from teeth into full skeletons, into muscle, into it's, and we get to see people with their faces peeled off. It's real grim, gross. Um, so they did that element of it quite well, and the practical effects are fantastic. However, I have rarely been so disappointed in a finale, Michael. We've done whole episodes on disappointing finales, Ben. We have, and it's it's no no different here. Season one's finale was just such a damp squib. Go on, go on, go on. Um, so they, they built up huge horror elements, Michael. Um, spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah, sorry, spoilers. But they built up huge horror elements and they did a relatively good job of a kind of tense psychological horror that's genuinely unnerving in places. And And the, the monsters of the week are scary because they have a very unusual and very human motivations, Michael. So it's very good. Um, but then when it comes down to the rip, they they all of a sudden in episode seven kind of expand the world of Sherlock and Watson and suddenly they stop focusing on the Baker Street Irregulars and just turn it into a oh what Sherlock and Watson used to got up what used to get up to what a pair of dickheads and then oh, all no of use. a sudden those characters are kind of introduced too late Michael um, and you're not invested in them and then the finale kind of becomes about their big sacrifice and you're there going well hang on what about well, the lads we've been on. following what about the lads that we've put all that time and effort into um, and the other thing is, Michael, the, the ultimate moral of the story is you can't beat your pals. Ah, good old pals. Um, and all of a sudden, all the dark magic and the, the logic of that magic system is just thrown out the window in favor of we're here for you. Come on. We're your pals. Don't leave us. Friendship that's is it. magic. Friendship is magic. That's that's what we get. Also, Michael, there's a yes. fascinating uh, use of the magical black man trope. No, go on. Um, which I feel is very outdated and probably shouldn't be used anymore. But this show says, nah, fuck it. Let's put him in a white linen suit, make him from Louisiana, and have him be mysterious, jolly, and wise. Oh, I've seen that. I've seen that character many times before. It's real fucked up that it's still around, though, and a real interesting choice by uh, creator Tom Bidwell. I was like, hmm. 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 Um, Aside from that, it kind of has the Bridgerton effect, Michael. Bridgerton? Um, where we're to, we're to suspend our disbelief at certain ethnicities being in places of power during Victorian London times. I'm all right with that, Ben. Oh, I've no, it's totally my... fine. But it's just the... Bri- I like to call it the Bridgerton effect. The Bridgerton effect. I like it, Ben. Bridgerton yeah. is on an almost constant loop in my house. It's non-stop Bridgerton <laughs> in this house, Ben. Oh, dear. It is more common that Bridgerton is on than it is not on. <laughs> it's on right now. It's on uh, right now. It is actually on right now. You can probably hear it if you listen ever so carefully. Ever so carefully. Um, so I like to call it the Bridgerton effect. So it's, it's, it seems to be Netflix's new way of doing period dramas. It's like, well, let's just forget about all that nasty stuff. Huh? Yeah, and I'm all right with that. Fair enough. That's totally fine. Very inclusive. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good yeah, stuff, yeah. gang. Remember when people got upset that uh, Idris Elba was playing Heimdall? Oh, great choice. Great choice. Great choice. Yeah, um, shut it's, up. it's almost as if racism is a completely illogical and foundless thing, you know. Mm, mm. Mm. No, mm. I, I wouldn't be for it, Ben. In the like uh, historical, recreation. oh, in the actual writing of books, no. Yeah, like if you're if you're making a a biography or something, I don't think you you, you want to add diversity to a biography. But yeah, in your fiction, I mean, if your biggest issue is not there's a mystical rip. But why is that black man in some sort of position of power in Victorian London? <laughs> then, 
you know, maybe reevaluate your your priorities <laughs> yeah, there. Maybe just sit with that for a second and figure yeah, yeah, out yeah. why that might be. Um, then, speaking of um, lots of recasting, have you seen the latest episode of the television show, my favourite television show currently, Invincible? Yeah, very good, Michael. I was just about to use that segue myself. Well done. Um, of course, in, in that show, Michael, we have uh, Amber Bennett, who's been completely recast or or redesigned. Um, for this particular show and we have uh, Rexplode who's been completely recast and redesigned a lot um, of others have as well Shrinking Ray was a man originally was she? yeah well he was yes well, um, I'm very confused was he? yes Pro- <laughs> um, pronouns tricky stuff it's tricky stuff Ben it's tricky it's very tricky Ben yeah I am loving the show Invincible I have to say Ben it's turned me into a, situa- a stereotypical 2000s sitcom character who speaks funny. I am loving it. You're loving it. I'm absolutely loving it. It, it is fantastic. Because, Ben, it is very true to the comics. It very, also but better. Not true to the comics. Exactly. Yeah. I, I could be wrong here, but I don't think Damien Darkblood existed in the comics. He did. He was just a punchline. He wasn't a, a key character. He figures out the... The Omni-Man plot long after everybody else has. Oh, and that's, oh, that's the, funny. That's the joke. He comes to Cecil to say, I cracked it. And Cecil is like, yeah, no, no uh, shit. Yeah, like, where have you been? Um, yeah. But here he's a threat. Here he's a he, real threat. He's very much a threat. He's one of my favorite new characters or more developed characters in it. He's like, um, he's like, what's his name, Ben? Etrigan the Demon combined with Rorschach. Hellboy. Combined, combined with Roar, Hellboy. It's yeah. brilliant. I love him. He's my favourite current new character. He's great. Um, Omni Man is a great villain, isn't he? In in this in this series, J.K. Simmons. Mwah. You know who Ben? I am thoroughly enjoying. Go on, Mark Grayson's mother. Yeah, she's so much more interesting now. She's so much more interesting. She has character. She has personality. She has motivation in. In the first half, at least, of the comic book series Invincible, the first 80 issues, she's pretty much just sitting at home being a doting wife. Drunk occasionally when her husband doesn't come home on time. Yeah, drunk drunk and worrying. Yeah. In this, she's great. Yeah, she's a take-charge woman who has her own way she wants her son raised. She actually has a say in how her son is going to be raised. Um, Yeah, great. Which we we didn't see in the original. Also, having none of that guff from Omni Man is like, oh, all of a sudden now you care about your heritage when you've never said two fucking words to me yeah. about where you came from. Yeah, shut um, up, Omni Man. It's pretty good. It's pretty darn good. Also, calls him on a lot of his shit. Omni Man's a real prick. Where he's like, well, she needs to stop drinking, and she's like, whoa, yeah, yeah, whoa, yeah. Nolan. Whoa, (laughs) Ben, as you know, I watched this with my good lady friend and my good lady friend went, I'm taking it by the way she just looked at him that he's not usually this mean, which is a very good point. And then does become a plot point that he has become mean. Yes, that's the point, I suppose, isn't it? She says, what's with you lately? Yeah, what's with you? Did you kill those Justice Leagues? (laughs) Did you kill those Justice Leagues? All of them. Um, Did you? Was that He's you, like, Nolan, you cheeky boy? Yeah, um, I didn't. I was teaching a boy to drum. I was like, <laughs> drum that faster, boy, I said. Do it, you son of a bitch. Yeah. Um, one of the things, Michael, I watched, as you know, I only got to watch the first episode when we did this last week, but I watched the other episode. Jesus Christ, Michael, inspired animation when we watch Omni-Man uh, make the Flaxons do what he wants. Yeah, he, so he dark. He beats up their whole So planet, dark. Then. He beats them up the whole planet. He just goes and beats up the planet. He just wrecks them. Yeah. He's like, oh. let me send me back. Send me back or else I'm going to keep wrecking the place. And they're like, all right, you can go. Please stop. He he pulls a bit of a Sokovia at one point as well, where he just drops a lump of landmass on top of the last remaining Blacksons. Very good segue, Benjamin. Yeah. <laughs> go on. One of the greatest segues in podcast history. Benjamin. Speaking of Sokovia, Benjamin, yeah, have you watched the latest episode of Marvel's new television program, The Secret Baron and Grumpy Sharon? Uh, yeah, it's Shaz and Baz. Shaz and uh, Baz. Um, going about their day. Yeah, so now we have Sam Book, Shaz and Baz. And yeah. it's, it's great. S&B's all the way, baby. Benjamin, 
this episode of Marvel's The Falcon and the Winter Soldier took a serious left turn into comic schlockery, didn't it? Uh, yeah, I... It, look, it didn't really do much for me. Um, go on, go on, go on. To be honest, on. I... So, Madripoor is introduced. Yeah. Um, breaking Baron Zemo out of prison is introduced. Yeah. And... I don't know, it just didn't read like the other two episodes that we... Not other... in the slightest. It's so strange, isn't it? <laughs> it's like Baron so Zemo all of a sudden is a supervillain. Yeah. And he has, a, he has a mask and despite being in prison for years, he's suddenly fit and agile and, and able and... Well, he was always... Remember, he was special forces, so he's always been implied to be fit and agile and able. Well, that's true. Not, not a superhero, but, you know, capable. He's a special forces operative and in, you know, in... In your action movies, a special forces operative is essentially a superhero, unless there are more than four of them. Then they're completely and utterly inept. Yeah, fair. <laughs> I. So there's a couple of things, right? There's the prison break, yes. um, which which seems to happen. I don't know. It just happened very abruptly. I was like, oh, okay. I liked it. I All liked right. it. I I know that trope has been done before of describing how you could break someone out of prison and then revealing oh no we've done it and then the guy walks in I like that Daniel Brühl's facial expression when the terror of them go no is excellent it's just a face of like fair enough that's okay yeah I did try to kill all of you Mm -hmm. Daniel Brühl is a spectacularly good actor and he is brilliant in absolutely everything he is and he is brilliant he was brilliant as a Cunning, down on his oh, like a a cunning, vengeful, calculating um, psychopath in Captain America: Civil War. Yes, and now he is great as a camp underworld villain with, for some reason, the same name in yeah. the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That's what I mean. Like, it, comic book schlockery is probably the perfect way you described it, Michael. It's just a ridiculous world that suddenly exists. Like it is. Hilarious. It's also hilarious to me that people like the Falcon don't know that this place exists. Like, how do you not know something like this is just sitting there as a well, nation state of criminals? Yeah, well, it's not. I mean, it's not a nation state. It's essentially Madripoor Bend is traditionally an X-Men location. It is. It's where Wolverine hides the fact that he's Wolverine by wearing an eye patch. Yeah, an eye patch. And everyone's like, are you Wolverine? And he's like, no, I've got a fucking eye patch. Of course I'm not Wolverine. Of course I'm not Wolverine. Wolverine would heal his eye. Yeah, you go shite. Um, but it, it's, it, Matrapur has essentially been evil Singapore. It's it Singapore is. in the X-Men comics by any other name. It is. It has a really interesting history. The bar that they go to, the Princess Bar, Michael, is actually owned by Wolverine in the comics. He's the co-owner. Not um, Wolverine, Ben. Sorry, he's by got patch. an eye patch. He's um, got an eye patch. It's not Wolverine. And he owns that bar with with Madripoor's kind of lead criminal, who's Tiger Tiger. And that's the mm-hmm. the reference to Smiling Tiger that we kind of get in in Sam's alias for this. Benjamin, I absolutely loved the line. Only an American could see a fashion forward black man and call him a pimp. Yep. It's. I mean, absolutely it's... loved it. Yeah. Absolutely loved it. It was like, take that, America. Baron Zemo is here, and he's from fake Europe, and he's gonna call you out on your bullshit. Yeah, he's he. He was having none of it. He was like, yeah. I mean, they're they're trying to do that a lot, Michael. I think they're trying to to critique um critique American policy quite a bit. But there's a there's a brand new wave, Michael, of of condemning of the show because it seems like military propaganda. Um, Go on. In places. So a lot of people have made the argument that um, it's undermining the fact that there is structural racism and sexism within the US military. And what I mean by that is, yes, it does occasionally paint military people in a very poor light. It's like, I, I'm not following your orders. And Sam goes off and does his own thing. But it's implying that one person's, you know, they're not all bad apples or there isn't a, a serious problem in something like that. And then when they do point out that there's a structural problem, it's like, oh, well, it was Hydra all along. Um, and it's just an interesting side argument. I've I've no stake in that fight, Michael, because I, I don't understand um, the politics of the US military. I was never part of it. Um, well, you know, in a comic book world, I don't see any problem with blaming bad things on the baddies. Like if if you're gonna if you're gonna to overturn racism in the U.S. military and have it turn out to be because of some very easily defined baddie, 
that's how comic books work. True. I'm for that. I'm for it turning out that the goodies were mostly good and everything bad about it was because of Robert Redford. Yeah, well, I mean that's that's the argument, but it's it's a lot of um, this. This has started, Michael, where where most strange uh, movements start these days on TikTok. Um, Get off TikTok, Ben. And it's a lot of former black service members who are critiquing it. They're very curious as to why it's portrayed in such a way. Um, I'm, hold on, I'm not with you here. What, what do you What do you mean exactly? This is all right. Um, we, so it forced me to go down this rabbit hole. Yeah. So basically, this this wave of anti-military. Um, well, it's anti-propaganda sentiment, Michael. It's not anti-military sentiment, but they believe that the show is fundamentally showcasing. Um, an, an unusual blindness to the issues that affect the US military for both women and people of colour. Um, but all of the main characters, Ben, are women and or people of colour who have been let down by the system. No, I understand that, Michael, but there's still uh, reigning criticism on the fact that a lot of the time in Marvel movies, this is Marvel, Marvel Cinematic Universe as a whole. Okay, but I don't think you can talk about this as Marvel Cinematic Universe as a whole because, like... Sam is a black man who is uh is he a captain in the in the air force? I think he's I, a I captain. suppose he has some sort of function. I don't know what rank he has. But he has been let down by the system. Sharon got, you know, no one helped her out and she went on the run for 2 years and is now probably the power broker. Oh, you reckon? Um, oh yeah, I'd say so. It's either her or Mephisto. Uh, <laughs> um yeah, I mean Look, it's an interesting thing. I'll do more research and we'll come back to it next do, week because do, we're going to have we're going to have eight weeks where this, and I don't want to put my foot in it without doing yeah, mountains of research, Michael. I'm getting a, a more anti-military thing from this. Like the establishment is represented by um, Johnny Walker and Battlestar, and they're dickheads. I, I think Battlestar is already beginning to be like, mm, John, what's going mm. on? I reckon mm. that John is after the super soldier serum for himself, Ben. He is. He's definitely going to... He has to he's be like, Captain America. He wants to be a big old boy. I told you last week, Michael, he's going to go to Madripoor now in the wake of fucking um, Sam and Buck and Shaz and Baz. Yeah. And he's going to... While he's there, he's going to... Um, num, 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 the last little sample of super zero, super zero, super soldier serum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Benjamin, I saw the greatest gif of all time. Go on. Um... It was fantastic. It was like only two beings in the history of the universe have managed to defeat the Avengers. And then a dramatic clip of Thanos snapping his fingers. And then is Baron Zemo dancing in a nightclub. <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious, <laughs> like wasn't it? That was so strange. Very strange. Um, yeah, so I, just to come back to your schlockery point, because I think that's exactly what put me off this one. Um it's just a comic book all of a sudden. It was such a weird change in tone. Ben, did you know this episode was written and directed by the John Wick people? That makes a lot of sense. Uh, yes. Because we got our neons, we got our thumping club music. Yeah. And uh, do you know what? It just didn't sit well with me. Um, oh, sit well, like the guy from uh, from Captain America Civil War. Very good. Agent Sitwell, <laughs> yes. Um, and it... Uh, I don't know. The the reintroduction of Sharon was very strange. Her character's completely shifted. A bit like Zemo's. She, She's she much been, sassier. She is much sassier. And remember, from her perspective, it's been seven years since we've seen her. That's true. That's seven true. years out in the cold. Yeah, that's very having true. Having been betrayed and abandoned by her friends who she helped. did all of this to help. Yeah. And they all got pardons and got brought back into the fold and she's now a baddie in Madripoor evil yeah, she, Singapore as we call it she is she is the power broker isn't she very good no I don't think so I don't think she very will be very good I, no, I it's think Mephisto it's Mephisto for sure Benjamin what did you think of the ending a twist uh, oh yeah so uh, Wakanda's back Wakanda's um, involved Ben Wakanda's involved I'm happy to see that I love that character um, I think she's great I don't know her name Ge- General Io that's not that's not um that's not uh what well, fuck me I've forgotten her name. <laughs> is she one of the is she one of the She's bodyguards? one of the Dora yeah, she's one of the Dorja Malaji. She's the kind of she's the one Ben you would most remember her from offering to take care of Black Widow in Civil War. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then and and Black Panther says, As interesting as it would be, we don't have time for this. It's her. Yeah, okay. I I Ideally, Michael, I would love to see a show with Winter Soldier and her more than I would love to see the current show that I'm watching. I don't um, know, Ben. 
I love Baron Zemo now. Baron Zemo is now my favourite character. Yeah, he's Baron... my favourite character. <laughs> he's a totally different person, but he's my favourite character. I wonder how frustrating that must be for Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mackie when someone comes on and they just they just bowl you out of the water. They're just so <laughs> charming and screen consuming. All I could think of was Lethal Weapon 3. He was Joe Pesci. Yeah. He he was coming and in. he takes all their thunder. Stealing the show. And Sharon was Rene Russo. And everyone's uh, just doing Lethal Weapon 3. It was great. It was, it was mad. Like, his, his, his new love of, of vintage cars. And <laughs> he's suddenly a rich playboy. And like, His incredibly like, old butler. Ridiculous. He's I did Batman. read something. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. I read something this morning, Ben, that said he's Batman. He's like, his family were killed by oh something. Oh, my God. And he's committed his wealth and resources to a life of masked vengeance. He's Marvel's Batman. He's Marvel's Batman. It just, it just occurred to me. He's Marvel's fucking Batman. Yeah, it's brilliant. He's got um, Alfred on the airplane. It's hilarious. The twist is going to be interesting. I like the little uh, Wakandan tech that was sitting around. I don't know yeah. how in God's name Book picked up on that, but fair enough. He's a super he's a soldier. He's a super soldier, Ben. He's yeah, a super he's soldier. A super he's soldier. always punching people. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I The one thing I really enjoyed, Michael, was, and spoilers if you haven't seen the episode, just very, very quickly, where the super soldier reverse engineer gets shot. I was like, yeah, that's was very on character for Baron Zemo. That makes a very lot more much sense. So. Um, and... A very big parallel to the TV show The Expanse. I don't know if you remember the episode of The Expanse where... Oh, have you seen oh, that Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have seen that far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You where uh, Thomas Jane just has enough. Yeah. It's it's almost exactly that scene. Yeah. Because, you know, powerful men, Michael, will corrupt absolutely. And, yeah. Uh, the thing was, though, it's a bit of a shift for Baron Zemo's motivation. Baron Zemo wasn't against super soldiers. What was he against? The Specifically, the Avengers. Yes, because it made gods and icons, Michael. As he's yeah, well, no, because they killed to. his family. Um, yes, but he doesn't like them ideologically now, Michael. As he explains on the little plane flying over to. Yeah, but I mean, it was implied then in this episode that he's always kind of hated the concept, going back as far as Red Skull and Captain America originally. Unless he's just sat with it for seven years, Michael, and been like, "Oh, I hate the ideological concept of a hero." Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh. That's what it is. Too bad for That's my wife and kids. That's what it was kids. all the time. Yeah. But that, this has always been me. My, um, wife and, my wife and kids, the Baroness and the young Duke, apparently. Apparently. Apparently, because yeah. he's a full, he's a full on goddamn Baron now. And he's just yeah. like, yeah, look at me. His big um, fur coat. He's got it. The big fur coat, Michael, was ridiculous. Brilliant. Brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. Benjamin. Yeah. Speaking of Captain America's friends, did you see the last trailer for the Black Widow? Uh, yeah, so... I, I did, and all I can say is, are we ever going to get to see this film? <laughs> nah, nah, it's not even real. I reckon that's all they've filmed. <laughs> that's all they've filmed. Um, I think more now more than ever, Michael, your your uh, Taskmaster is a woman theory holds more water, having seen a little bit more of them. And no, the con- I think we've... Haven't we... Don't we know who's playing Taskmaster? Do we? Yeah, it's a man. It's a blonde oh, never, man. Never mind then. Yeah, that's an old theory. Uh, you know, it could turn out to be a misdirect. but They uh, do I think that we these know, days, Michael. I think we know who's playing Taskmaster. But, you know, he might just be the stunt performer. Who knows? Um, we we understand a little bit more of the the family dynamic from the trailer, Michael, from what I understand. It was all a role. It was all a, it was all a plant family. It was, it was some kind of some kind of thing. Because they said we, all, we were given our roles to play. And then Florence Pug is like, uh, well, it wasn't. It was real to me. And yeah. I think everybody's like, well, that's great, kid. But uh, you also went mad in the film Summer, Summer, Summertime Will Drive You Mad. So Midsummer. Yeah. So no bloody trips to Sweden for you. <laughs> yeah, you lunatic. You lunatic. And oh, that's uh, Midsummer 2 is coming out, actually. So Florence will be Florence will return. Oh, is um, she going in, to be the crazy cult leader? I mean, I would assume so. Time hmm. jump. Um, hmm. All right. Yeah. Let's move on, Ben, to this week's delightful topic of the week. Instead of sitting here both saying, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Let's do that. Uh, Michael, uh, last week we announced our topic for this week, and that's what we do on this podcast, because it's a podcast, you see. It's a weekly podcast. (laughs) Weekly podcast. Michael! 
Benjamin. If you were to fly into space with a pack of pals from your favourite spacey sci-fi TV shows, who would you fucking pick? Very good question, Benjamin. Benjamin, I think the first thing we have to do on this week's episode of, of coming together with your perfect space crew is think about, you know, if you're going into space, Ben, and you're going to be on a space crew, what type of space crew do you want to be on? Do you want a by-the-book space crew? Yeah, do you want a well-oiled machine? Do you want a by-the-book team? Do you want um, do you want to do cartographic analyses, or do you want a ragtag bunch of losers going off into space and having scrapes? Are you pirate boys? Are you yeah. by the seats of your pants, captaining? Yeah, what are you doing? What are you doing in space? And that very much decides what type of crew you're gonna you're gonna want to have with you on your spaceship, Ben. Yeah, because otherwise, Michael, well, what are we even doing here? You know, yeah. we, can't, we can't have it all mixy-mixy. That's yeah, the other, the other thing, Ben, is are you just going into space or do you have a specific mission? Yeah, I mean, do you just float around until something comes your way? Yeah, like are you doing a Star Trek where you're going out on a continuing mission to seek out new life and new civilizations, Ben? But not or, interfere. But not interfere unless it's part of the primary directive. Or, or are you doing... Plot. Or part of the plot. Or are you doing a firefly where you're just out to make a living, scraping by, doing hard graft and shady deals? Or do you have a mass effect, Ben, where you have to assemble the perfect crew to save the universe from an existential threat? Because otherwise, boys, it's going to get messy. Because, I mean, you, you want a totally different crew with you depending on which situation you, you're doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. What appeals to me personally, Ben, the most in a space story, I personally enjoy... A ragtag bunch just hanging out in space, doing lo- stuff and going on adventures. I that's an that's good for two reasons, Michael. First of all, I don't think you'd suit a well-oiled machine. You'd you'd have too many questions up at the top. I don't think I don't think that'd be for you. I don't think that'd be for you, Michael. I think you're your own man, and you wouldn't follow orders too well. Well, fuck you, Ben. <laughs> Second, nice, nice. God damn it, Ensign. I'm not an Ensign. I'm 38 <laughs> years old. What's an ensign? I don't even know. The ensign is like the first enlisted rank, decks. Ben. <laughs> it's been a look, Michael. You just never, you just never got yourself together. You, you oh, weren't Starfleet material. Why? If I'm not Starfleet material, why am I still an ensign at 38? Why um, have they just kicked me out? Because you're the son of some powerful. Ah, very commander. good. Okay. Yes. Um, good old Commander a, Pat. Commander Pat of the SS Shamrock. Yes. Um, no, um, you are far more likely to be a Q, Michael, if, if nothing oh, thanks, else. Ben. A force of chaos. Benjamin. A force of chaos. What, uh, what, what type of spaceship crew appeals to you? Are you going on adventures or are you, are you, are you doing a five-year mission? What's going on? I, I think, Michael, you know I'm going to be the guy sitting in the docking station being like, what's your code, ship? 65421. <laughs> I'm not going into space, Michael. I ain't doing it. Um, you're, no. You're Stanley Tweedle from Lex. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Um, no, I think what I'd enjoy, Michael, in terms of what I what I do enjoy is the old bounty hunter ships. I like bounty mm. hunter crews. I think they're interesting. Um, I think they make for interesting plots, Michael. But in terms of what I'd actually like to be a part of, it'd probably be a probably be a Starfleet, Michael. You oh, know. real boring. Real boring. Real boring. Yeah. I'm not interested in space, Michael. Doesn't fill yeah. me with much joy. The th- the thing is, though, Ben, if you're on a Starfleet ship, right? Yeah. Unless you're one of the main characters, unless you're Michael Burnham or Geordi LaForge yeah. or one of the characters from the show Enterprise that no one watched, you are just doing a job. Yeah, you are just kind of making a grind. You're just doing, doing a job. Like you're yeah. going to be, you're, let's say you're bloody Lieutenant Colopy and you're in engineering and you've got your nice blue uniform on. And you're on a starship, a starship, a Constitution class starship with 400 crew. Pretty and sizable. you're going off, Ben, and you're going off to meet the Romulan ambassador to start peace talks. That is going to make absolutely fuck all difference to your day to day grind. Because yeah, you're going to keep be, the ship running. You're going to be cleaning the Jeffries tubes and you're going to be like purging the antimatter dilithium crystals. And then the following week, you're going to be going to confront a mysterious signal on the outskirts of the Federation space. And you'll be cleaning the Jeffries tubes and you'll be purging the dilithium crystals again. 
You probably would pro- wouldn't even know, Ben. You probably wouldn't even know what your mission was. That would probably make a really good animated kind of comedy TV show. We should pitch that to somebody and see. Very clever. You've taken a swing there at uh, Lower Decks. So, Benjamin, (laughs) I think for this week's episode, we focus more on your ragtag crew on a a held-together, spit-and-polished ship. I think that's what most people would pick, though, Michael, because if it's a big, big well-oiled machine, it could be anyone with the right training. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't Um, matter. Doesn't matter so much. Um, with that in mind, Michael, we we had a few set roles that we wanted to take a look at, and what makes a good kind of captain and other such things. So the the roles that we had, Michael, were yeah. Let me just you just, you call them out there. Let me just pull them up there. Yeah. Oh no, Instagram! Don't do You've this. Deleted to me. it? Have you been? No, I haven't. No. No. Although Ben just has to find on Instagram, he'll have to just navigate away for some e-girls web pages first. It's, look, OnlyFans is a perfectly respectable career choice, Michael, and I'm just helping, just helping some people out. All right, just yeah, settle yeah. down. The Ben, the podcast has an OnlyFans. Oh, if we only. currently have no subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> you won't send just, me those butt shots. Despite you doing your damnedest. Um, so the captain. Yeah. The logical mind is what we decided last week, Michael. Okay. Now, hold on a second, Ben. Go on. Before you read this list out, are these lists going to be a combination of roles and character archetypes, or are they are they one or the other? Well, that's what we're here to debate, Michael. We're going to have to decide ah, what, what defines see. these roles and why we've picked them. Very um, clever. So we had the captain, the logical mind, the muscle. Yeah. Oh, the, very important. Yeah, The hard man. The heart. I think yeah. it's actually quite important. The mm. loose cannon, which could oh, be put into muscle. No, not always. Not always, but it's it's quite important. And the medic. Medic oh. ends up being important here and there, Michael. All right. Ben, I think we start this conversation Go on. by talking about basically the first successful modern space crew story, which is Star Trek, the original series. I don't know if we've had this conversation off air or on air. I think we've had it all fair, so let's do it again. One of the major reasons that Star Trek, the original series, was so popular and so successful was the the trio at the core of it. Uh, your, your Kirk, your Spock and your Scotty. Exactly. Kirk, Scott, Spock and Scotty. Scotty has been marginalised a little bit in the new, the new movies. I know mm. he's played by Carl Urban, who's a very big actor, but he doesn't have that role of being in the core three anymore. He's been a little bit replaced by a combination of... Um, it's not Scotty, it's Bones. Scotty Bones, is the engineer. Uh, yeah, sorry, Bones. That's my mistake, sorry. Yeah, 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 Bones. Uh, Bones. Bones. McCoy. McCoy. The doctor. Yeah. Um, and they... Yes, yeah, so the, one of the reasons it was so good and so revolutionary and so important is the interplay of those three characters and really particularly the interplay between Spock and Bones. That that is actually the core of that show because you have Kirk in the middle. Okay, he's a bit of a maverick, Ben. He'll punch a lizard man. Okay. He'll do a two-handed downward punch thing. Yeah, classic. He'll do that on on anyone. He'll kiss a woman of any colour, Ben. Be she orange... Green, African-American, he doesn't mind. Quite progressive for the time. Very progressive for the time, Ben. I'm sure you're aware of the famous story of uh, Kirk and Uhuru being the first interracial kiss on American television. Yeah. <laughs> and and the fact that they recorded two versions. Oh. Do you know this story? No, I don't know this. They recorded two versions, one, one for the kind of northern progressive states and one for the southern more conservative Get states. fucked, really? With and without a kiss. But... Uh, William Shatner, in one of the best things he's probably ever done, and Nicole Nichols, um, they they made a balls of the take where they didn't kiss. They kept messing <laughs> it up so that it was unusable. And they Amazing. had to show the, the take where they kissed. Anyway, um, most dilemmas in Star Trek, the original series, Ben, come down to an argument between Spock. Mm-hmm. The logic. Who is, he's, he's the logic, Ben. He's always going, the logical answer is to do this hand thing. And he's going like, we must respect this civilization's own development and leave them to it is the only logical thing to do. And then on the other hand, you have McCoy who's going, we can't leave them there. They're 
humans, but they're aliens, obviously, but they're they're an allegory for us. God damn it, Jim. <laughs> yes, I'm a bloody doctor, not a whatever the context is this week. And, yeah. you know, the so McCoy is the heart, even though he's gruff and grumpy and... A bit unpleasant, to be honest. Um, he is the humanity. He's the heart of the crew. Yeah, he is. He's a big old important part. And then it comes down to Kirk. They're, they're basically two sides of Kirk's conscience. Um, and we get to see the logical mind versus what the heart wants played out on screen by these three characters. And that's what drives the original series. I never looked at it that way, Michael. That's very mm. interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And all of the other famous characters that people love, like Uhuru and Chekhov and Sulu and uh, Scotty, they're all cool and interesting. But what? Uhuru's job is sitting on the bridge pressing buttons. <laughs> and, you know, that's her job. That's what she does in the series. And, <laughs> like, Scotty's job is fixing the machines. There aren't many episodes there are a few obviously where the 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 supporting characters get to be main characters but star trek the original series isn't the ensemble that say firefly is no yeah they're not they're not all clearly defined in the same way yeah they they're defined by their job mm-hmm. uhuru is the sexy communications officer yes. and chekhov is the funny foreign uh navigator <laughs> complex yeah, but I mean, it was the 60s, Ben. Like, yeah. that's Sulu why he was the, there. Yeah. That's why he was there. Sulu takes his shirt off and attacks people with a samurai sword, Ben. It's, you know, it was the 60s. Things were different in the 60s. Yeah. yeah. As opposed to Ben, on the other hand, your Firefly, um, they essentially split that that three-way kind of division of, of archetypes Hearts. out into seven. Yeah, and that's what we got. Then we got, we got a bloody Mal... Yeah, who's just your kind of? He's he's an interesting one, isn't he? He's he's pride. So if you want to look at it that way, he's right. your he's your your proud kind of. I guess he's confederacy. Is that? What yeah, he is? he is. He is. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. The, that's for sure. Confederacy is. Firefly basically exists in a universe where you have to think that it's in space. The confederacy lost, but they were the good guys. Mm. And I mean the the. There's no there's no slavery implications in it. So I mean if you take away the slavery thing about the Confederacy, all they wanted was independence. But you but can't take away the slavery can't, thing. No you can't way. really it wasn't was great. About to say. We own those people. They're See that? That's mine. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's no use. So then you have your wash, who's I guess your your innocence or childhood element of it. Well, you always have to have someone well, I, I don't think so actually. Okay, go on. Wa- wash is goofy. Yeah, but he's not naive in the way that no, Kaylee is. Yeah, Kaylee's your naive one. That's true. Every that's true. show has someone who's a bit naive. Well, yeah. like every later show has someone who's a bit naive, so they can present the "Why can't we just do it this way?" Yeah, I mean one one of the, uh, and then all of the all of the like the grizzled main characters going. Well, it's nice that you think that the universe works that way, but it doesn't yet bloody dumbass and they get a little Wesley pat in the head. Crusher yeah Star <laughs> Trek Kaylee. had Wesley Crusher obviously uh, Firefly had is her name Kaylee it is Kaylee it is Kaylee yeah there's so many names going to be flying around today we're going to get uh, it's going to be a tough day it's going to um, be a tough day Andromeda had Trance okay who was essentially a newborn um, entity yeah Star Trek Voyager had Kez I don't know who Kez is she was a Kestrel who uh a, a young boy in no, that was um, that's Kez the Falcon. I was thinking of the wrong thing. Kez is, um, Kez is oh, from a, a race. Joke. Ben, <laughs> it was the best joke ever. Um, Kez is from a race. Ben of aliens whose name completely escapes me, but they only live for about nine years. Oh, and although she appears and, and her race was kind of protected by the caretaker who the crew of Voyager kill in episode two or three um, and no he was a bit of a prick oh okay um, Good and Kez Kez despite having the appearance of a 20 year old woman is I think three okay so she's yeah she's got about and six good years left 
Yeah, and she's naive and innocent. And she says, why can't we just all get along? And everyone's like, guess. Oh, guess. Fuck off. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> oh, I've, I've had it with this bullshit. I'm not getting advice from no three-year-old. Okay. But it's like, uh, imagine if a three-year-old was um, intelligent and um, compassionate and all of that stuff. And then you have to listen to her advice. Yeah, no good. No good. Um, but I mean, in, in that crew, like you said, in the seven that there is, you've got, uh, I mean, I think you have the the most on-the-nose example of the muscle ever in, yeah. uh, what's his name? K. Hill. What are we talking the, about? The big guy. the Firefly, sorry. The big guy in Firefly. The, the, he's the loose cannon and the muscle. Jane, that's it. Um, and I think Jane is kind of like the most on-the-nose example of, I just want my money. I'll shoot you. Um, shoot you. And like he's he's the most on the nose example of that. But he's just he's just a bit of wrath, Michael. He's just a little. He's just another one of the seven deadly sins rolled on in there. Then you got Gina, and Gina is the logic or the compassion. She's the more Gina the compassion, the, I guess. Gina's the actress's name. Gina Torres. Yeah. yeah. Um, her name <laughs> in the show escapes me. Zoe. Oh, it's Zoe. Good man. Yeah, because Zoe was. She's kind of the. If not the compassion, then the conscience, the the not going too far into the space pirates. Bloody she so I mean, what what because because Firefly has a crew, a ragtag crew, a real ragtag crew. In Firefly, every sense. Firefly doesn't have a purely logical character. It doesn't mm. have Mister Spock. It doesn't have Data. It doesn't have Seven of Nine. It yeah. doesn't have so she is kind of the common sense of that show. Okay, she's she, I, she she's not necessarily the logical viewpoint, mm. but she's yeah she's the common sense viewpoint mm. a little bit. She's the she's the most well rounded person as a character in that show. <laughs> um, that's probably true. Then you have your other ragtags. You have the the. Cleric, the pastor, what's his name? In Shepherd Bush. Is that yeah, Shepherd Bush, which is just a really interesting choice of name. Um, Shepherd Bush. Then you have Simon. You have River. Um, and but they but, kind of fulfill smaller roles as you go along. Well, yeah. I mean, Shepherd Shepherd Bush is the wisdom of the yeah. of the show, and. Like they come in all shapes and sizes as well. Like in a to throw back to Andromeda, in Andromeda you had Rev Bem. Okay, do you remember who he was? I don't. He was one of he was one of the Magog. He was an alien, a big hairy furry alien. Oh, nice. But but he had given up the Magog's um, way of life. Okay, and become uh, a kind of non-violent uh, a, a pacifist. And he was the again the kind of religious heart. Heart. Farscape had one as well. The blue lady, whose name one hundred percent escapes me and won't be coming back to me. Don't um, worry. They often have a some kind of almost Buddhist Zen character. Yeah, is pretty common yeah. in spaceship shows. You yeah. need someone to be the kind of religiosity, the the sense of wonder, the sense of not everything is science, although it clearly is. But also, isn't there magic and beauty in science? Sometimes a winkety winkety, winkety winkety. Look at it that way. So yeah, those, I mean, you're you're absolutely right. Those roles play out in very different ways as you go along. So what what do you want in a captain then? What's what's the goal for a ragtag captain? What are we looking for? Well, the thing is, you need a captain who, the, like, you can just go down the route of cool guy who knows what he's doing. Yeah, competent. But, yeah, like, Picard is a good example of a super competent, super calm. Like, Picard is an inspiring leader. Well, that's what you want your captain, though, isn't it? <laughs> if you're doing, like, a... If you have a crew of a thousand on a big spaceship that's doing all kinds of missions, you can't get better than Picard because he's going to look after you. He's not going to send you chasing across the Delta Quadrant like Janeway. He's not going to start getting a bit shady and getting you embroiled in wars. He's a super competent pair. Now, he went a bit mad in the show Picard. 
Yeah, because now he's part of a ragtag group. <laughs> yeah, he's part of a ragtag group of desperate people. Get out of here in the show, Picard. But my, <laughs> I think, to be honest, the best kind of captain archetype is your Mal Reynolds, Captain Kirk yeah. type. The ones who are essentially a distillation of all of the other characters influencing on them. Yeah, fair. I'll give you that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. So what would you pick? Who would you pick? I'd go me. for Mal Reynolds. Mal Reynolds is my favourite because he's a bit of a wild card. Uh, but he's also a cool guy. And he's not as troublesome as Captain Kirk. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was trying to... All I could land on was Mal Reynolds as well. Because it just well, made sense to me. I mean, you could go Han Solo. I don't like Han Solo. I don't think oh Han Solo is a good ben. person. We're talking about spaceships here and you're saying you don't like Han Solo. Yeah, but I don't think I do like Han Solo because Han Solo doesn't really give a fuck about people. He doesn't even really learn to do that because he goes back to being a smuggler in the Disney canon. Yeah, he does. Do you know what I mean? Like, he doesn't stick with the rebellion. He doesn't stick with his wife, Leia, who he was madly in love with. He just, he just him and Chewie go back into space and they're like, ah, back to small time smugglers again. Uh, Yeah. So, like, you don't want that guy because when shit hits the fan... There's no more Han. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so who the fucking wants that? Like, <laughs> Do you know good. what I mean? That was the best joke I've ever made on this podcast. Yeah, the nerdiest best joke I've ever made on this podcast. I'm writing yeah. that down and making a t-shirt out of it. Yes, very good joke, Ben. Benjamin, it's yeah. a good point though, but also, he's probably the best pilot. Oh, all right. You know, and he wouldn't I mean, serve somebody else. Yeah, yeah, you see. Mm. I'm, I'm not saying I, I want Mal Reynolds. Get Mal Reynolds up on there. Yeah. I think Ma- Mal Reynolds has like a good knowledge of his own competency, though. That's why people like Washer there, because he knows they can do the job. Do you know what I mean? So I, I, I don't know. He's good at delegating. Mal's good at yeah, delegating. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's got a good sense of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It's going to go well for him. <laughs> there is that, but also there's the fact that he's borderline in control of the situation most of the time like he's barely got Jane under control he has no control over River and Simon it's uh, yeah yeah, he's all over the place unless Christina Hendricks is there and then he has no control over no control whatsoever (laughs) (laughs) anyway um, yeah. Moving on from there, who's who's what? Like the logical one is obviously there. Logic, I think the 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 science officer, I guess, is what you're looking at in in Enter- or in Star Trek universe terms, or your mm. your logical center. They're really great for exposition, um, yeah. and understanding the set rules of a universe, and they're they're quite handy for all that kind of thing. Um, who would you who would you pick, Michael? So that's your Spocks, your Seven of Nines, your yeah. your. Uh, who was it in the next? Data, of course. Data, my, my. yeah, sure. He's literally just yeah. logic. Yeah, your Andromeda from the TV show Andromeda. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's exactly. my favourite. I'm going with Andromeda. You're I going said with I wasn't Andromeda. Just going, I said I wasn't just going to pick sexy ladies, but I'm making one exception, and yeah. it's Andromeda <laughs> from the show Andromeda. Good for you. Who would Good you pick, you. Ben? Uh, I mean, it's a great question. I Thanks. really like... Um, the engineer, the one who can communicate with ships and understand technologies from the authority. She's a useful oh, kind of clever. thing, like an interface that can work with the ship. Um, mm. Now, I don't know if she fulfills all the roles of uh, a logician or what a logician should do. Um, yeah, you see, I think you're I think you're doing you're going back to what we were talking about earlier, where you're confusing role and archetype. Yeah, because she's not logic no. she doesn't represent the logical side of of having a crew no from a plot point of view i am tackling role which doesn't really fulfill plot points that i need does it mm. yeah yeah i mean if you want like if you were if you're looking for someone who's an engineer just pick a smart ship just have yeah. moya from farscape as your ship mm. I mean, like she's the that ship doesn't need an engineer per se Mm. Oh, do you know who I would pick? But she's not part of a crew, so it doesn't really make sense. She's from a space show. But you know what? the really cool UN lady from The Expanse? The 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 conniving kind of Machiavellian UN Christian. lady. Christian. Yeah, she's, I'd put her on my ship. That'd be great. <laughs> she's, she's not logic, though. Ah, she? she is, though. She's pure calculated. 
She's well able to slow down and assess the situation. That's all I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's all I'm saying. She's useless in space, though, Ben. Yeah, I know. That's the fucking problem. There's been several episodes where she's in space and she's like, I fucking hate this shit. I fucking hate space. Fucking get me off fucking space. It's fucking shit. (laughs) Space is shit. Um, So that's no good to us, is it? Um, Oh, man. I'll come back to that one. I'll come back to that one. Probably probably the most interesting. Sorry, I would like to read along uh, one, one of our listeners sent in their picks as well so I'm going to do their first two picks so right. the pilot is Han Solo so sorry Kron I'm after <laughs> I'm after taking the, the complete uh, wind out of those sails and in terms of logic officer or, or logical role was Spock he picked yeah, him for yeah. his science he's officer classic, which is which classic. is a classic it's Kron's a classic. gone for the classics there Ben he's gone, he's for, gone the for the classics um, yeah. but let's move on to the muscle Michael the one that yeah. we're all here to hear about uh, yeah. who are you picking for muscle my favourite th- so Ben Classic the muscles are obviously Teal'c from Stargate. Yeah. Uh, Worf from Star Trek The Next Generation. Yeah. Uh, Ronan Drex from Stargate Atlantis. <laughs> Go on. Um, often as well, they, they're they the role of the outsider or the alien. Yes, they are. But Very not so. always. Not always. There was Tyr Anasazi from, um, from, Star, from Andromeda. Okay, and he was kind of a an out an outsider, but all of the muscle. But Ben, my favorite the muscle in any science fiction of the last twenty years was Captain Amos from <laughs> Captain Amos and His Space Friends, I <laughs> or as my good lady friend calls him, Big Arms. <laughs> he's fucking huge. Yeah, he's got he looks big like arms. He can crush you with his arms, with his he's biceps, got big arms. flexes, yeah. and that's the and end of you. <laughs> my favorite thing about Captain Amos, Ben, is. <laughs> That he wins fights, yeah. Without like, it, there's no question, yeah, and it's he's, it's he's not there to be he's not there to be padding or a power meter for other creatures. Where it's like, yes, oh, you know, exactly. they mean business when they can kick the shit out of Amos, because um, yeah. that's not what happens. Very often, it's Amos that kicks the shit out of them. Absolutely, um, Amos is the best at being the muscle because he wins. Yeah, yeah. I, I would I, I would almost agree with you, but I picked somebody different, Michael. And just for diversion, I'll give you the day. I picked Groot from Guardians Groot. of the Galaxy. <laughs> very good. He's very he, strong. He's unreal. He regenerates. Yeah. Okay. He's an extendy fella. He's yeah. got he's got a conscience, so you're not dealing yeah. with a loose cannon at the same time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and he's 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 a bloody powerhouse. And he's doing flowers. And he's got flowers. He's so you got nice flowers. flowers on your ships all the time. Yeah. Nice flares um, on your ship. Very yeah. Good. Um, very good. Cron gave us uh, Jet Black from Cowboy Bebop. Never heard of it, Ben. Um, Cowboy Bebop is the anime show, uh, Michael. And it's about the bounty hunter. Uh, oh, what's his name? Hang on, I'm going to have to... Bebop. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it's Bebop. I think it's Bebop. I mean, that makes the most sense. <laughs> yeah, I'll come back to it. But anyway, um, that moves us on, Michael. That moves us on to uh, the heart, I suppose, because we've gone with the muscle. Yeah, 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 yeah. So your heart, Ben, is your, again, it could be your religious heart, like your shepherd book. Uh-huh. But that's more spiritual. Or okay. your Rev Bem. Okay. Um, but it's often also a, a it, it, I mean, do you, do, you, do you throw the heart and compassion in together? I mean, I think you can. Because I, then I don't see why you wouldn't. In, then you're factoring in your Deanna Troys. I think it's Deanna uh, Troy. Like, I think that's who you think of when you think of your heart of a team kind of thing. You're throwing in your Inaras from Firefly. Nearly yeah. always a lady, but not exclusively. Like we said earlier, it's Bones in the original Star Trek. Um, yeah. I would say that, you know, they also sometimes bring the human element. Yeah, and they approach things as, as a human being. <laughs> yeah, and in that case, in Andromeda, it would probably be Seamus Harper, who we've talked about on this podcast before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's an engineer. That's the other thing, Ben, talking about the difference between roles and archetypes. Yeah. Amos is the engineer on on the, on the Captain Amos and his space friends, as is Seamus Harper on, on uh, whatever it's called, Captain Racism in Space. <laughs> What's it called? Andromeda. Yeah, Dylan Hunt. He's not the captain anyway. He's not racist. Captain He's Racism no in space. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like that. Um, <laughs> fuck's sake. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I guess there's a lot of ways you can look at that. I had originally picked Wash for that because I've always liked Wash's kind of childlike look at stuff like that. Even though it's, you're right, it's not naive. It's just, 
a coping mechanism for the horrors of space. Yeah, he knows what's going on. He knows what's going on and he's a competent guy. But I also think he added the much needed levity to that show that was kind of there. I'll never forget Dinosaur Fight. Very good. It's excellent. the reason to this very day, Ben, that half of my room is filled with dinosaurs. Yeah, the dinosaur fight. It was a great choice. It was a great choice. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's okay. So heart is important. Does anybody else you'd pick outside of... I'm- this, just speaking personally, this is probably my least favourite function. These are the characters who, when they're speaking, I'm always going, no, this is the wrong way to do it. I <laughs> this find is space, these, Dan. This is space. Use lasers or logic or get out of there. I don't want to hear about feelings. I don't care for it. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I find it hard to pick one of these. When I'm picking this character, is like, who would annoy me the least? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's the danger you run with that character, though, isn't it? That they they yeah. come off as saccharine sweet and just mm. grating. Yeah, um, to a certain degree, where you're like, ew, yeah, ew. Yeah. Yes, please. Why? Be quiet. Oh, but it's a little alien baby. Maybe we should keep. It's like, no, that's gonna grow into a monster. Yeah, get <laughs> we rid of shouldn't it. do it. Maybe this one will be different. Maybe we can raise him differently. No, <laughs> he comes from a race of monsters. Okay, yeah. we can't do it. We've seen them eat people. This is mm. not a nature versus nurture thing. Get rid of um, it. Get rid of it. Um, so that brings us on to the one that um, I suppose you made me aware of, Michael, when we were talking about, was it Andromeda? The, the loose cannon, the one you're never sure of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they often join on as the anti-hero or they're often a, an enemy become friend, you know, someone yes. who was the enemy to begin. And you're never quite sure where you sit with them. You're just like, yeah. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. So you have again Tyrannosazi from Captain Racism in Space. Yeah. You have the likes of your Vala Maldoran from Stargate season nine and ten, I think. I couldn't tell you. You're yeah, you're the I man for I think it's I think it's nine and ten. You're um, the Star Trek man in this relationship. Yeah, um you had I mean the in, in Voyager that role was filled kind of by half the crew initially. Because oh, yeah. if you remember in Voyager, the whole thing was it was a pirate crew and a Starfleet crew who had to come together and figure things out. Oh, that was so. It. Yeah. So there were lots of loose units in Voyager. Even the engineer, Bellana Torres, was a little bit reluctant at first. And loose cannony. Tom Paris was your classic loose cannon, but also an absolute personality black hole. <laughs> so he's out. Um, I don't know. I've always liked the... You know, they they have a bounty hunter on the crew who's always looking out for themselves or something like that. I don't know. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Like, yeah. Um, my pick was again going back to the Guardians of the Galaxy universe. It was either Yondu. Um, Yondu is a good one. I thought Yondu would be a great choice because, yeah, I mean, he's a very likable guy to a degree, and then, but also, might just put that arrow through your back. Yeah, he's might a bit just, of a loose unit. Might just put that arrow through your back when you piss him off. I don't know mm. if that's mm. how it's going to go, but I wouldn't be so sure it wouldn't go that way. Um, and I, I, I thought that was an interesting choice because he's he's good as well. He adds like a little bit of power to the unit, and you know it's it's a good idea. And when he's on your side, you're delighted. But when he's not, oh Christ! <laughs> what a pain! What could happen, Ben? What, what a pain! Wrong? It, I think it's um, it's only something that Star Trek has recently started looking at, but. Uh, a Romulan character on a Starfleet ship would be an interesting way of doing that because they've already kind of dealt with the Klingons integrating and Worf. And you probably thought when Worf was integrated that Worf would be a bit of a loose unit. No. Nope. That he would be a bit... But he's not at all. <laughs> no. Nope. Worf is the most by-the-book, honour-loyalty person you'll ever meet. Yeah, that's it. That's all he needs to do. He's yeah, just, he's he's just like, go oh, this is my back. job now. Yeah. I will, I will the, stay. One of my favourite loose ca- unit characters, Ben, was was William T. Riker's <laughs> transporter clone, Thomas Riker. <laughs> Did you ever hear of him? You've told me about this and I still haven't seen it. He is fantastic. So the William T. Riker was beamed up from a, a near-miss accident years ago. And it accidentally created a duplicate of him and left him there. Or maybe the... Like, there's no... 
you can't say which one's the original because of the way transporter technology works. Works. Yeah. So one William Riker gets beamed up to the ship, one gets left down on the planet and abandoned for years. And he Fun. becomes a hardened lunatic. And he is a cool character. <laughs> He's probably my favourite loose unit. So character. you want him back on the crew? I want him on the crew. He, I think he goes on to join the Maquis and become a kind of freedom fighter slash terrorist, depending Hilarious. on your point of view. Hilarious. Very good. Very amusing. Very amusing. Who did Cron say for those characters, Ben? Um, well, we didn't get exact uh, archetypes in those sense, Michael, because Cron sent in his own kind of... Oh, it's um, classic. He's a loose unit himself. He's a loose unit himself. So Cron is my pick yeah. for uh, loose unit of the, <laughs> of the Shomrabiog crew, the, the crew of the SS Shomrabiog. Um, uh, yeah, I think we're going to have to call it, Michael. We're bloody out of time. Oh, oh. We're quite out of time. I know this has been one of your favourite topics. I tell you what, I tell you what, listeners, since yes. I, w- I dropped the ball um, and didn't really get this up in time for the episode, let us know your picks for your favourite amalgam crew. I'll put up another post um, on Monday or Tuesday and you can let us know and we'll do a little part two to this in next week's episode because next week we're talking about Farscape. Um, oh, I've seen it. We're doing a Farscape retrospective to see well, what was it all about and has it held up at all? Um, in the similar style to what we did with Lex, but don't don't watch Lex. Um, I like Lex. <laughs> get the fuck out of here. Um, anyway, let us know um, in a couple of different places. You can get in touch with us on our website at www.shomrabeog.com S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G.com It means Tyler Rubin Irish. Or you can get in touch with us on the Instagram at shomrabeog S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G Kind of same spellings, kind of same meaning, kind of. Yeah, kind of, kind of. Um, and if none of that suits you, ladies and gentlemen, um, that's tough because those are the only two that I have What's off wrong the top of my head. What's <laughs> wrong with you? <laughs> but do get in touch with us, let us know, and we'll do a little uh, part two follow-up to this because it's one of Mick's favourite topics. I don't think I've ever Benjamin, seen Mick so excited for it. This topic. felt like the nerdiest episode we've ever done. Didn't it? it did. Is that just me? No. It felt it like did. the nerdiest episode we've ever this done. This is the nerdiest episode we've ever done. This is the one time where we're like, will we appeal to a broad kind of base? No. Nah. Nah, fuck nah. the broad base. <laughs> nah, Let's just talk base. about space. That's the, that's the name of this episode. Fuck the broad base. Um, <laughs> Let's just talk about space. That's it from us, ladies and gentlemen. We will talk to you in one Benjamin, time. Yes. Tell people to uh, listen to our other less successful podcast, Collecting Issues, and to get up on the Discord. We have another less successful uh, podcast called Collecting Issues. Um, it's a bi-weekly comic book book club where we talk about one comic every two weeks and we kind of just tear it apart and have a look at it and see what makes it tick. And if you'd like to be part of that, because it's great. Yeah. It's great. It's all right. Um, get up on the Discord and talk to us live. Yeah, we're up there. We're up on the Discord every day. Up on the Discord every day. Up there on the old on the old server. Getting, <laughs> getting, getting some... This week's Discord promotion brought to you by a man who doesn't know how Discord works. I have no clue. Um, that's it, ladies and gentlemen, for us this week. Get up on the Discord. Give us a shout. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, everybody. See you in space.